Wow. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so it's been, we were talking like four months? About four. I'm not sure if the last episode was recorded before 2018 ended or like the January. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm not sure either. But about four months. Wow. Well, I hope you all have been parched of us. Um, <laughs> unless, unless we're going back re-listening. I know, I know, which, you know, only real stands. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I was just thinking, if we have people who do that, like, at some point, if our fan base grows, I think we should make merch. Yeah. Punch your parched merch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a little tea, t- t- yep, tea <laughs> mug, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cute, actually. Yeah. Um... Okay. So, Pedro. Yeah. Are you quenched or are you parched? I am so quenched. Um, this week has been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so for those of you who don't know, um, last week I got into Harvard. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah. So that was that was a thing that happened in my life. Um, and then two days later, um, we got on a plane to go to Boston. <laughs> um, and so I went to go see Harvard. Um, and it was a really one, just wonderful experience. Um, I love the campus. The city is great. It's like, it's really, it's a lot bigger in like surface area, I was saying, like than Minneapolis, but like, it's only like double the population. So it feels like, doesn't feel super like claustrophobic or anything like other big cities can, I think. Um, yeah, no, it was so good. I loved it. Um. And, and what else is going on with my life? Um, you know, I'm about to, to have my last quarter of high school, which is, like, weird, but also, like, the time has come, I think. Um, yeah, things are going, things are going well. Things are going. Um, I feel just really lucky and really blessed and ready to, ready to move forward and keep going on. Yeah. Um, Amy, are you quenched or are you parched? I'm also heavily quenched. <laughs> um, spring break was really good this year. Normally, yeah. spring break is fine, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't do a whole lot. And sure. that didn't really change necessarily. I didn't do a whole lot, but it was relaxing and super fun. Good. Um, a lot of my friends are in France right now. So. <laughs> she kind of gritted her teeth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys are having fun. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I had a select group of friends I couldn't hang out with over spring break, but we really made it work. Um, I went Good. to University of Wisconsin Madison yesterday. Yeah, oh, really? Um, yes. Um, I don't know, it was exciting. I love touring schools. I love it so much. I like to see the campus. I like to see what the population is like. Um, probably UW-Madison is nothing compared to Harvard. <laughs> but, you know, like campus-wise, I don't know. But I thought UW-Madison was gorgeous. Just Good. imagine Harvard, though. Oh, my God. Well, you'll have to come visit me because it is so pretty. I can show you pictures. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay, but, okay, okay. okay. Um, do, do you, what else do you have to say? So, yeah, that was fun. I've played a lot of tennis. I've been pretty active this spring break, which makes me feel good. Yes. Um, but like I said, I didn't do a whole lot. It was just nice to have a break. Quarter three of school was 
the most stressful thing I've ever encountered. Quarter three is always the most stressful. Especially yeah. of junior year. That's like... It's crazy. Have you taken your ACT yet? I'm taking it on April 24th. Oh my god. We had to take ours last year, like, end of February. That's so soon. Yeah. Well, I guess that's good because then you can retake it. Yeah. For, um... But yeah, I'm doing good. I got a haircut. Yeah, yeah, new hair don't care. It's yeah, beautiful. Thank you. I love it, yeah. For those how, of do, you, how do you feel? Um, I like it a lot. I did it, I think, two sat. I did it two Saturdays ago. So I got a haircut. For those of you who don't know, I don't have any hair on my head right now. I have very minimal hair. Um, cut it short, cut it like right above the shoulders. Yeah. And I was like, it's cute. Mm-hmm. But I really want to shave it, so me and my friends got in the car, drove to Target, bought a Clippers, <laughs> shaved it all off. I thought you were gonna say we like just shaved it off in the car. I'm like that <laughs> seems like <laughs> shaved it all off, and then we went to a house show, mm-hmm. and it was like thankfully it was super dark out, so you couldn't tell how janky it looked. Oh. There were long patches, and it was super oh, sure. But everyone was like, oh my god, you're yeah i bet it also like when i find when i cut my hair like it just feels like really cool you know like i can't stop touching it the wind like yeah or um something i've never felt before is putting on a hood and then feeling your hair like yeah rub it yep yep i don't Uh know it's a whole world i like it a lot low maintenance yeah awesome how long do you think it'll take to grow back it's already grown so much Mm. when i first did it you could like see my scalp and now it's like pretty thick already um Mm. I'm assuming by the end of the school year, it'll be, like, a decent length, and I'll have to start pinning it back. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it a lot. Exciting things. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so where do we want to, where do we want to go? Okay. <laughs> okay. What's on your, what's, like, making um, you do that? I don't know. I guess something, like, on the top of my mind right now is that, Coming here, I was super nervous to record. Okay. Like, huh. I don't know, there was just anxiety, not bad anxiety, but there was some anxiety with sitting down and having to, like, collect all of my thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was anxiety-ridden, because I guess mm. I haven't been checking in with myself as much lately, so I didn't know, like, what to bring to the table. Sure. Yeah. Recording. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, if do you want to dive into that, or do you want to? Off the top of my head, we could talk about us. We could talk about us. Let's talk about us. Okay, let's do it. Let's just get it out of the way. There. So there will be spoiler marks in the description for you hoes who have not seen it. But you should see it. You should see it. You should see it. Um. It, impressions, thoughts, feel. I can go first if you want. Okay, I'll just go. I feel like mine will be more brief. Um, so, leading up to us, Hondros talked about it, how he was avoiding trailers, avoiding spoilers, and Those of you who are on my Finstas, like, you know, I just, I have a feeling, I had a psychic feeling. I was right. like, this is going to be amazing. As soon as I saw it, there's a picture of the family in red jumpsuits in the driveway. Mm-hmm. It was the first promo image that was released. I was like, well... Um, all right, see you in March, everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you even talked about it on a few episodes ago. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, super hyped. It must be super good. I saw a trailer. I think I saw the trailer twice. Sure. Um, so we go see this movie. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I was scared the whole time. Yeah. But in the best way, scary movies don't normally get me. This one really had me on the edge of my seat. I was jumping. I was screaming. I was <laughs> laughing. It was so funny. 
Um, but genuinely so terrifying. Yeah. And I liked it so much more than I had anticipated. Um, yeah. I don't know, I just have a lot of theories. Okay. Um, I guess we can get into theories after okay. we talk about how we feel about um, it. But yeah, that was, well, that was me. Okay, so for me, I mean, listen, as soon as I heard Lupiniango and Beach House and Home Invasion and Jordan Peele in the same sentence, I was like, this is going to be the perfect film. Like, this is going to be the film that I've been waiting my whole life for. And, you know, honestly, it kind of was. Um, I thought it was smart, witty. Um, I think it's a little overstuffed. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and it's it's different because I personally didn't feel it was, like, as maybe viscerally, like, <gasps> as Get Out because, like, you don't have an emotional anchor as much as you do in Get Out, you know? Like, there's so much more going on in us, um, I feel like, just on, like, surface plot level. Right. Um, but I thought it's, it was really inventive and really interesting. For me, personally, the part of the movie that is still my favorite is the middle hour of it. Like, starting from when the double family shows up in the driveway to, um, to about... The, to when they have that brilliant sequence in the white family's home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it, it was... That, that's my favorite part of it. Um, I think Lupiniango should get an Oscar. Definitely. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if Jordan Peele is nominated. I mean, I don't know if it's as strong as Get Out, but it's definitely more ambitious and more broad. Yeah. Um, and a little bit more vague in what it wants to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... On a surface level, I was very engrossed and enjoyed it. Um, I think it's also just really cool to see a black family in a horror movie where, like, they don't die first, <laughs> you know? Like, and that it's really centered around them and that it's it's not about, like, oh, my God, racism, you right, know? Right, right. It's, it's a full-bodied, like, a human experience, um, which I loved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, theories. So this is now where the spoilers begin. Again, <laughs> if you cannot... Yeah. Read the description. We'll tell you when it's gone. Right. Okay. So I guess after I saw it, so the movie ends by them revealing that Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o's character was switched. So which, yeah. So, so we've been following, I call it White Lupita and Red Lupita. So White Lupita, the one who we've been following the whole film, who's the mother of this like surface family, we reveal that at the end, she has been switched with her doppelganger since she was a young girl. Right. Um, when she wandered into the fun house when she was a girl, um, her doppelganger confronted her and, um, and, and they switched places. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing, so that's what you're, you're, you're supposed to believe at the end, I guess. That's yeah. like what they reveal. Um, my theory is that the, the tethers, so the people under, don't actually exist and we talked about this a little bit um Mm. i think it's more metaphorical um metaphoric and Mm. sort of the the in the inside you and how you go about things your subconscious um i guess is what can often control you and drive you to do things and maybe not always make the right decisions um so i think that the whole thing was just a metaphor i guess for like, sort of how you have the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. It was mm-hmm. contrasting that and how sometimes the wrong things can get the best of you, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of shown yeah. in Lupita's role. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I haven't heard that theory. 
Right. Yeah, so that's what I took from it. But I know there are so many theories. And there are so many theories about different aspects of it because it was so... The plot was so thick. Mm-hmm. There's and so many things to pick from. Yeah. What do you think... Have you heard the theory about Jason? The sun? That was the sun theory? The sun. The sun. Have that you heard he the theory switched, about the sun? Right? Have you, yeah, have you heard that theory? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that theory, but I don't think it's legit. I don't think it's true either. Um, it's interesting. Though. It's interesting. So the theory goes that Jason, the son, um, they reference that they go to this beach house every year, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is a little confusing plot wise because then it's like, well, if they go to the house every year, then like, why is Adelaide really scared this time? Right, you know, right, like, right. why wouldn't she be like just dead scared every time? And mm-hmm. then, so that that's something. But um, Jason makes reference to like things where it it's possible that he could have been switched as well. Um, which I think is really interesting, but like the whole, this scene when he controls the tether, you know, in the yeah. car and he makes him back up into the burning car, which is also just like really haunting. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking a lot about like with horror movies, like how immolation, do you know what immolation, like setting yourself on fire mm-hmm. is like a really big thing recently. And I don't know why, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So that's, that's interesting. Um, my read on it was like, and I'm still really not sure, like, what I think about it, but um, I think a lot of it is kind of about classism, maybe, um, and about sort of, like, what it means to, you know, because the tethered, the people who are living underground, like, these government experiments who are somehow a clone of every person in the United States, like, are just subjected to, like, nothing. Like, they eat rabbits. They, like, raw rabbit of every meal. Um <laughs> And, and, you know, they're just, they're subjected to these horrible conditions. And then I think it's about sort of like taking back what is, what's yours. I think it's also like, I read it as kind of about overpopulation a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Just with the idea that like, there's two of everybody, like there's already a lot of overpopulation problems, you know? Um, And I didn't really flesh that out in my mind like you did yours, but um, that was really interesting. Can we talk about um, the scene? Um where they play, um, fuck the police. That was good. I, I, so for those of you who have not seen the film, um, there's a scene where Elizabeth Moss's character, um, so basically like there's 30 minutes where like, it's just our central, um, family, the Wilsons who are being attacked by the doppelgangers. And so like, we don't know like what else is going on in the world. We know that like they called the police. So like the police are reachable. And then we learn when they cut to the white friend's house, that everybody has a doppelganger. Um, and so the doppelgangers kill the white family very, very easily. Um, and and then the, the normal version of one lady, Elizabeth Moss, um, is talks to her Alexa, who they call Ophelia, and is like, Ophelia, call the police. And then Ophelia is like, okay, playing Fuck the Police by NW. <laughs> so it was, I thought that was just brilliant. Um, and then also the scene where... Um, where Zora, the daughter of the Wilson family, goes and kills the white um, twins. I thought that was brilliant. That was... Okay, I love movies where there are scenes... Oh, it's raining out. Um, where there are scenes that the whole audience collectively will find funny. And that happens so much and hit the mark every time yeah. in this film. I think it's funnier than Get Out, honestly. No, it definitely the, the Get Out, the humor in Get Out was like very like forced. And sometimes I was like, this is... 
supposed to be funny, but it's not really funny. Right. I didn't laugh that much during Get Out. Either. Yeah. This one, I, I feel like the situation was a lot more horrific, and it right. was, like, therefore a lot more, like, potential to just be really funny. Right, right. Um, what else? Is there anything else that sticks out? Um, there was that ballet scene. <gasps> it was super cinematic. It was beautiful. I think my favorite shot in the movie is um, the shot of White Lupita as she's coming down the escalator. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that shot? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like, that is heavenly. <laughs> that cinematographer, wow. Well, also, I think it, the, the film goes deeper than what it's presenting because of the access to this underworld. Yeah. First of all, way too easy to get to. Okay, so it's here's my thing. Here's my question. Why didn't the tether just like like day one Not figure out like like let's go up the escalator? Exactly. There's yeah. this big gold es- like I don't know. Um, I, don't I also know. just think it's fun that rabbits just burrow underground. I like the fact that they were eating the rabbits that were burrowing underground. Yeah. I just thought that was I don't know. I like Very that. macabre. Um, also, when I so I've seen it twice. When you see it the second time, the the opening like the credit sequences to this wall of rabbits and the second and. And then when White Lupita goes down in the underpass in the end, um, she walks by a room and there's and it's the rabbits mm-hmm. in the cages. So it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, wasn't there one part where all the cages were open too and there were no rabbits in there? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like that's symbolic. That. Um, one of the things that I heard that... So the reason that um, Adelaide's doppelganger was able to find her when she was a child mm-hmm. was because the power went off in the funhouse. And so, therefore, then the thing was like, oh, she could go up the escalator right. and she could reach her. Okay. Which, I don't know. It's a little convoluted, which is sort of the problem with the movie. Like, I think it's so ambitious that it's like a little unrealistic, you know? Right. But I don't know. Right. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, um, I, I definitely developed a thick crush on Lupita after I saw it. Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't know. I just saw her in, like, the first scene that she was in, and I was like, what yeah. a gorgeous woman. I know. Oh, my and God. So, she's a genius, too. Oh, my God. She no, went to she Yale. Is. She went to Yale School Drama. She is a brilliant, like, I, like, she's one of the best actors working today. Like, if not the best. Like, frankly. And it's amazing that she has not been given a leading role as yeah. of yet. Um, I don't know. Anything else about us? I don't know, go see it, go support it, go see it with a crowd if you can. Um, yeah. Or like watch it with your friend. Oh it's my god. Very I'm so excited to like buy that and then invite all my friends over and watch it. Movie night. Wait, yes. that's so cute. Yeah. That's yeah. super fun. I'm to do that. I'm so excited. Well, go see it. Have you seen any other good movies lately? Um, no, not really. I haven't really been watching many movies. I've been oh. reading a lot lately. What have you been reading? Um,. So I read Shadow Tag by Luis Oh, <gasps> Can we talk about this Shadow Tag? So good. Oh my god. Ah, so okay. You I'm recommended s- the book to me a while ago. Oh my god. Um, it is so good. And then, I don't know. So what the reason I've been reading is um, I deleted my Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just using my phone too much. I felt super gross and I hated being attached to it. So I was like, okay, bye Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um... So got off of that, really had nothing to do. So I was like, let me start reading. Um, so I read Shadow Tag, cause, so you recommended it to me, and then another friend recommended it to me, and yeah. that's how I knew it is time. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah. It was so good. Do you want to summarize it for the people who don't know like what it's about? Yeah, so Shadow Tag... 
follows the story, and it's believed to be nonfiction. It's believed we can to be. we can talk about okay. that, but I have um, I have some information okay. about that. So, so it follows this wife, and she's married to this artist, and he sort of he paints her. So she has this journal that she knows he's reading. So she hides it, and he reads it, and she writes things in it to sort of manipulate him and see how he'll react to certain things. And then she has this deposit in a bank where she keeps her real journal. Mm-hmm. Do we want to spoil it? Do we want to go into like the deep thematic literary just, discussion of it? Like, I'm just curious, like, what do you want to talk about with Shadow Tag? I just loved it. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't like the end. I hated the end. So basically, did you really? I okay. did not like the end. So what part of the end specifically? Um. So okay, we're gonna spoil it. So once again, if you haven't read or if you play on it, you know. We'll put it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I don't. Okay, so at the end, the husband jumps into this lake. Yep. And he starts swimming out, and he's ready to die. Of he's gonna drown, you know. This woman hops in and tries to save him, and then dies saving him. Yeah. So all of her kids, there are three of them, are left without parents. Yeah. And so this man is manipulative, but she is also manipulative. And yeah, she she is very. They're much horrible so. for each other. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, oh I know this is somebody's pirated boss. That is so funny. <laughs> um, funny. I know it's wrong of me to want the ending. I wanted him to jump in, and yeah. I wanted her to actually save him, and I wanted them both to live. And this sounds, like, messed up, but I wanted to suffer together and work it out. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And then, and well, so then what did you think about the last reveal about who the narrator really is in the book? What do you mean? So, so after they jump in, right? Right. There's that epilogue. Oh, of yeah. the older brother, right? The sister. The sister. What did you, what did you think about that? Because that, to me, was, like, a brilliant plot twist. That it really, it was... That, so basically, it reveals that at the end, the book was this thesis project of the daughter of this woman who died saving her husband. Right. Um, like, reckoning with the family history. I thought that was brilliant. I thought, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And it was, it was just to see that shift in dynamic. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, it definitely changed how you viewed the story. And I know after I read that, I was like... Mm-hmm. Like, it was profound almost. I don't yeah. know. I love the book. It's very, like, and beyond, like, the concept that you described, like, the book is very much a character study. Yeah, yeah. More than I was expecting. Right. Um, Louise Erdrich, so, and um, Louise Erdrich is, like, a local native author, like, iconic, brilliant woman. Um, have you read any other of her books? I haven't, no. Yeah. Um, she wrote this book called um, Future Home of the Living God, which is about um, this future where, like, um, women, or, like, evolution is reversing. So, like, women are giving birth to babies who are, like, biologically, like, not developed. And um, and people are freaking out. Like, people are like, this is the end of days. And it's about this Native American woman who, like, finds out that she's pregnant. Um, and she has to hide it because they will take her away if they find out. Um, it's, it's really fascinating. But, um, so with Shadow Tag, it's largely believed that it is Louise Erdrich's fictionalized version of um, of the story of her marriage. Um, do you know about what happened with her, her husband? So she was married to this guy um, that she met when they were in this Native Studies program together that she sort of started, she spearheaded, she was part of the inaugural group of it. I don't remember where it was. Um, but they met and they fell in love and um, 
they were together for maybe like nine, ten years. Um, and he was an artist. He was a writer as well. Um, and um, it was there came allegations that he had sexually abused their children. Um, and then he um, died by suicide shortly after. Um, and so people were saying, like, there's a lot of similarities between, like, the the man in Shadow Tag and then the person that they believe that um, her husband was. Has she spoken on that? I don't think so. I think it's, it's intentionally very cryptic. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's just an interesting connection and it makes it all that more sad, I think. Yeah. And, like, if you think about the ending, you know, mm. like, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is, like, how we... Um, how we are so curious about like celebrities and artists personal lives right. that it's like we're searching for anything that we can project to believe like oh my god this is them telling us this about themselves you know there's which, always a deeper meaning yeah something. which i feel like is both true because i feel like anything that you do is going to be autobiographical in some way right there's um, certain aspects of yeah um, but I also think, like, it's really, it's hard on the artist because it puts a lot of pressure on, like, you have to reveal yourself. Right. You know? And you either have to confirm or deny things. You can't yeah. really leave things up you, to like, you being... Questioned or, like, right. interrogated, yeah. Which, yeah, that would be tough, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, just don't, I kind of think us wanting to know, is this about, is this semi-autobiographical? Like, yeah. it's giving the author more power. And sort of yeah. having them feel important, which I think happens with celebrities as well. Like, they only yeah. show us so much, they want us to kind of yeah. search for the rest. Yeah. Did which... I tell you that Yara Shahidi was in my lecture? I heard. I didn't hear from... I heard, um, yeah. though. Yeah. That's crazy, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, it was... So, you no, know, it was just interesting because it was like... Like, she walked in and I was like, oh, that's Yara Shahidi. Very cool. Um, and, and it was like... She was just a normal student. Like, she was sitting there with her laptop. And it's like... I think the the idea, like, and we talked about this a lot before, like, we, I think with our last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about, like, the pressure of expectation, right. you know, and, like, what that means. So it was really interesting to be, like, um, what does it mean to be sort of a celebrity in an environment like, a, you know, a college and sort of feel, like, can you ever feel integrated in the campus in that way? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you sort of shut out from from certain things? Yeah. There's a sort of natural and unnatural feeling about it. Yeah. Um, I would definitely feel very targeted all the time hmm. in such a public space. Just yeah. Well, I feel like people get it too. Is that you can't just walk up to someone and be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like that's sort of dehumanizing. Right. Which I really, I would, I don't know why I've been talking about that concept so much lately with people. It's just been coming up a lot, but just sort of having celebrities having their own life and people not making a big deal about it yeah um it's just something like i would definitely struggle with a lot yeah well it's weird because it's like celebrities like okay so like people who are super super huge they're they're human people who like millions of people are projecting onto that is crazy that is crazy and Um, your influence yeah that Mm -hmm. you admit i don't know that's definitely a lot especially on her to be a yeah. full-time college student and also yeah. an actress and an and executive producing her show right and yeah it's interesting you know like i don't know i think people desire that a lot like desire visibility mm-hmm. you know and i think like i'm talking about like personal visibility for themselves like i want to be a celebrity right it's like 
it's like, I don't know if I would wish that on anybody. Yeah. You know? Especially, I feel like they all have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, that constant pressure of that and knowing that everything you do will be, you're being watched constantly. Yeah. That is exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Shout out to Yara Shahidi, though. Yeah, no, she's <laughs> awesome. She's a sophomore, right? Yeah. Queen. Yeah. It's also crazy you're like, yeah, she's in my lecture, whatever. <laughs> like, well, no, because I, you know, because I was like, oh, she's just like a normal person. Like, I'm, I, you know. Yeah. It's not like anything, like, yes, she's an exceptional human being and like very talented and wonderful, but it's also like, you know, she's, she also, you know, gets a bagel from the coffee shop and walks in the lecture, like with her MacBook, like, you know, just. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, being at Harvard, it was really interesting um, because it's sort of, like, it's it's super esteemed, and it has all of this buying power. I found it, it has the largest endowment of any university in the world, um, and it has all of this buying power, and it's, like, it's, like, but it's still a university, you know? It's yeah. still, like, you still have all of the normal tenets of college life. Um, so, it, you know, I think it'll be a really interesting place to spend four years, um, I don't, you know, I, I feel like I will develop a lot more thoughts about it as I actually experience it. So you're but, definitely going? Um, I'm going to commit on Friday, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> That's insane! Yeah. Yeah. Also nerve-wracking. Yeah. I don't know. Right now, I don't feel the nerve-wracking that much. Yeah. I feel the, like, I'm just really excited and lucky. I'm sort of, I'm nerve-wracking to, like finish all the stuff that I have up here, Mm -hmm. you know, like with the last two months of school and all of like directing my show and like all of that is sort of like what's most heavy on my mind. But like I was walking campus, I was like, I feel really secure that I will like spend four years here, you know? Yeah. Which is really exciting. It's a huge, really beautiful old campus. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, it just felt right, you know, like it would have been one thing if I went and I was like, oh, well, it's Harvard, so I just have to go, regardless of what how it feels, and it felt like trash. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It felt really, really right, and I think it pushed me in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, no, I just, I feel really, like, lucky, you know, that, like, I can, I can be a student here, I can say, like, oh, I went to Edison High School, and I go to Harvard, like I can feel proud that I can say those things yeah. in the same sentence and um yeah Edison is gonna flex <laughs> yeah. after after Hondo graduates I already I can hear I can hear Edison graduate Alejandro Duarte attends Harvard University yeah like well and that's the thing too it's like I feel like I have a responsibility to sort of go and absorb everything that I can and then yeah. bring it back however you know in whatever ways right um, because I feel like if you're not doing that with that institution you're not doing what's right you know mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't do that mm-hmm. um, so I don't know it's it's gonna be interesting just you know like living somewhere else and and being on my own and I don't know but it's it's exciting and I feel like the time is right yeah um yeah it's very emotional like it's really like what are you going to college did your parents want you to go out of state yeah yeah Yeah. um I only applied to one in-state school and that was the U and I also really wanted to go out of state because I was like I need to push myself out because Mm -hmm. I feel like if I don't leave now I'm never gonna leave right 
and I, you know, I want my life to, to be in multiple places. Like I want that to be multi dimensional and into all of those things and, and really expand my worldview, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I just, I feel really lucky for the opportunity yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. Cause like we were in the, uh, in the admissions like session in the info session and you know, it's all the prospective students. So there were, uh, there wasn't anybody else who had been admitted, I don't think. And so people were asking like, what do you want to see in the application? Like, how do you get in? And I was like, and really what I did as an applicant, you know, I mean, one, I worked really hard in school the whole four years. And I think, you know, I made choices and I had a lot of privileges in like what I could do, you know, like I had the privilege of like not having to work every weekend and, you know, finding another type of job and like that where I could spend a lot of time, you know, by myself and feel like I have a home environment that's, that's supportive enough to do that. And, um, and I also just like developed a really good sense of like this is what I feel I want to do you know at least in high school right knowing that that will that will change and grow I don't know I'm excited for people to come visit me I'm excited to come visit yeah I'm <laughs> so excited for that like Doing podcasts on the yeah no yeah. like I no I really do want people to come and, yeah. and see and so that's that's what I'm excited for you know sort of extending a hand between two homes mm-hmm. um I don't know it feels really right that's really feels good. really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Ta- guess. Oh, what's that? No, no, I don't know what I was gonna say. Okay, I guess. Or especially since I've been looking at and looking into more schools. Yeah. Because I'm super terrified. I okay. I, so I, I really want to leave Minnesota. Yeah. I do. But I feel like there's so much here to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Like I would be leaving. Family, the house I've lived in for my entire life, yeah. just wouldn't live there anymore. Yeah. And then I'd come back after these four years yep. and continue to not live there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, leaving my family, my pets, friendships, my relationship, yeah. um, and not necessarily severing those, but just being so far away from them more than I've ever been in my entire life. That's really scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the general communities that I've grown up in and sort of found my way to. Yeah. Um, and just a new lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just such a huge thing to grasp. Does it sort of feel like a leap? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's really important that if you do, when you take the leap, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when you take the leap, that you find a place where you feel really safe. Right. You know, and where you feel like it'll, you'll be supported. Um, yeah. You know, like, I think that that's what's, that's what's important. You know, you learn how to take care of yourself. You learn, like, the logistical stuff that I've just been learning in the past, like, four months of life. Like, you know, learning how to change a tire on a car. Learning how to, like, you know, right. like, buy your groceries and do all, all of those just human things that you have to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary thinking about severing myself from that yeah. in a way. But I think that what's really good about here is, at least in my experience, I feel really good in, like, I can go somewhere and then I can come back, you know? And I feel really lucky that that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I think about what you said, um, how sort of, like, you know, you want to keep people around. Like, um, 
talking about when I was talking about like oh I don't want people to just like perseverate over me being gone mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah I don't know it's it's really weird and I'll tell you the wait is the hardest part like ha- like apply so I applied in top of December um to to Harvard and I was like okay now it's four month wait <laughs> and and I for 40,000 people, they waited four months, and it was like, mm-mm. And that's really sad. You were in a pool of 40,000? I was in a pool of 30,000, I think. Yeah. Because 10,000 applied early. It's whatever. It's, yeah. So, I believe things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just, like, a, a bad coping mechanism. <sighs> Lately, I've been like, that's kind of a cop-out response. It kind, <laughs> it kind of is, but... I don't know. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. I was I was listening I was reading this Maggie Rogers interview about how she believes like people we have pe- we have karmic debts. So like people there's a group of people that you're in mm-hmm. that you get reincarnated together every lifetime. Um and that you sort of she's talked about it as like you repay your karmic debts to one another. Um I thought that was really beautiful and I was like I feel then like whatever happens in this universe in this life, you know, like, I believe that it, there's a path that is meant to, yeah. to happen. There's something that carries over. Yeah. Because I feel like, and my friend was talking about this, like, how do you live your life if you don't believe in that in some way? Right. You know? Right. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, do you want to take a break? Let's, let's take a little breaky break. So we're back. Um, and so I guess like the topic of this, our discussion section, because yeah. we did not get a messy letter. We did not. Um, we didn't also ask for one. So. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, is like party culture. Um, and I've sort of been thinking about this, like thinking about going to college mm-hmm. and, you know, like getting to invent whoever I want to be. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like I, I want to sort of immerse myself in that a little bit. Um, which would be interesting. I don't know. I'm a person who's very particular about a lot of things. But I know that, like, in college, I'm just going to have to be open. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, there will for sure be partying and and all sorts of other things that come along with that. Um in college, I don't know. I feel like I haven't really been a part of that as much in high school. Like, in high school, I have done a lot of things where I just... I spend time recharging by myself when I'm not around people during the school day. Yeah. Um, and that's really healthy for me. Um, you know, however healthy it is for my other relationships is sometimes questionable. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Oh. It's definitely been on the forefront of my mind lately just because, especially this past year, I've sort of been immersing myself in, like, quote-unquote party culture more. Yeah. Um, or just attending more, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sort of surreal. I feel like it's mm. the cliche high school experience. Yes. 
but it's very, I don't think that holds true to a lot of people, like yourself, you know? Yeah. A lot of people recharge at home, but, no, I don't know. Um, I was thinking about it a few weeks ago because I went to a show. Yeah. Which I would classify a house show as a party. Yeah. Everyone's piled. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, more so people go for the party than the music. Yeah. Um, sure. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's exciting to be in that environment, super high energy, tons of people, yeah. everyone's talking to everyone, um, but it's, it's hard to be in the moment sometimes, when you step back and you realize that a lot of this isn't genuine. Um, what do you mean, what do you, what do you mean by that? A lot of people are either like intoxicated sure. or high, and it's like how much of this will you care about in the morning, you know? Mm. Or... Yeah. Just, so let's right. say, like, a connection you make with someone, they might not even remember the next day if they weren't in their right sense of mind at yeah. the time. And that's hard to fathom, especially because if you meet people over and over again, their perception of you is going to keep changing yeah. because they don't necessarily recall the last time. Oh, and wow, yeah. that's crazy. It's like a reset button. Which... With human beings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, yeah. That's really interesting. No, like, when you say, um, like, you might not remember that in the morning. Like, that's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Kind of. Especially for one party that does. And was like, wow, that was so good and genuine. And then you see them the next time, and you're like, hey. And they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This seems, like, very, like... To me, I associate that with, like, teenage parties. Right. But I feel like that's a, that's just a general thing. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in such the teenage, like, high school to college yeah. scene. Um, and just yeah. in my experience is that people don't know, especially with drugs and alcohol, when to stop mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. So they'll just keep going, and it's, it's sad to witness. Right. Someone's, like, just trashing their body. And... It's yeah. so common, too, is the thing, mm-hmm. that it's almost becoming a norm. And I'm, I'm nervous yeah. for the day that I get used to seeing that. I also noticed that everyone is sad. Okay, that's, that's where I was going to go with yeah. this. I think about it a lot. Like, have you ever met somebody that, like, you really admire, and then you think, like, oh, my God, like, they're so... They're so removed from every like other human experience, and you yeah. realize like they go home and they have the same feelings, right? And same worries, and it's like I don't know like what the vehicle is to address that, right? You know, or like deal with that. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, sort of everyone. Whatever you're feeling, someone else is feeling it too. Well, so many yeah, are feeling it. I um. But that sort of sounds. Like, you're belittling the situation? No, right, it does. Because I feel like, and, and I, I've sort of been realizing this is, like, a very American teen thing. Yeah. But we have this, like, but, like, where you're so, um, you're so attached to, like, your own suffering. Mm-hmm. And you, like, I feel like it's coping mechanism right. sometimes to, like, go out and party and, like, want to do those things. And then you realize, oh, you go home and it's still, like. It's still there. It's still present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I'm drawing a blanket. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No. 
Oh, I forgot. Oh, I, I also think something super American teen-like. And whenever I say that phrase, I just think of Khalid. Did you listen to the new album? I didn't, no. Um, but Spotify keeps throwing yeah, it. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Um, but people are so especially a lot of my friends is what I've been noticing. People are so fixated on having a certain set of qualities or maybe tangible things or experiences. Mean? So like people want this, 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 and this. And if they have three out of four of those things, they're still not happy because they don't have everything they want. And that's super unrealistic and unhealthy. Right. So yeah. Sad. I'm raising my hand. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I try really hard not to do that because especially when people publicly broadcast that, Mm-hmm. It's sort of like I get it. Yeah, but I've sort of I honestly, in terms of like party culture and stuff like Instagram, like or like social yeah. media networks, yeah. I feel like I've become more immune to it. Mm-hmm. Just like not feeling the like envy, but I also guess part of that comes from like not having people in my life that I feel like I'm always trying to, you right, know, like right. reach. Which is I think a product of it is like you look for, you look for signs that like they're ignoring you mm-hmm. as like a way for to, to make yourself feel something. You want to be justified. Yeah. Yeah. And like for me hopping, this is less about party culture, more stuff, I guess, team culture, um, hopping off of Instagram. So I deactivated my accounts, Yeah. but then I opened the app to check. I have like this account with my friend to yeah. check that. And it logged me back into both my accounts when let me deactivate it. So I was like, okay, let me just see what's going on. Yeah. So I was looking at everyone's spams and it was sad to see. What you, okay. Like, so I, I, okay, so I, so I opened the app, I opened like my spam, my spam account and I was immediately overwhelmed and mm-hmm. I felt very- By like your own profile? No, by everyone else's. Oh. I felt very heavy and yeah. just, like this weight, like this cloud over over it. Um, it was yeah. just sad to see everyone posting like, oh, I hate myself. Uh, if this doesn't happen, I'm gonna kill myself. Uh, and it's just like everyone complaining about things that in the grand scheme will not matter in like four weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just people being super self-deprecating. Yeah. And deprecating to others too. Do you wanna talk about that? That's really interesting. Like, so with like the idea of a finsta, yeah. that you have like an audience for your right. melodrama. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I definitely used for a long time, heavily. Um, I think more so when I first got it, I was super emotional and I put all my problems out there. But did you, okay, so did you feel like when you did that, like the responses that you got were validated or was it like you just put it out there and just put it out there? I would tell myself I was putting it out just to get it out, but I was definitely putting it out there for the validation and for the attention aspect that I know. If other people are going through it too, they'll affirm me. Like, things like that. Yeah, Um, right. And that became less and less, like as, I think I've had it for three years, but as the years went on. Yeah. um, Yeah, which just resulted in me not using it because I realized how unhealthy that was. Yeah. Um, And that everyone, wasn't using it, I guess, appropriately, or in a way that I'd like to see. Like, you can honestly sure. do whatever you want with your social media, but yeah, it just wasn't life. good for me to see that. Right. Yeah. Um, what about you, though? Yeah, well, I don't know. I just... I am someone who, like, is consistently working through, like, I keep a lot to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And sometimes I think like that's humility when it's really not. It's just like me repressing and tightening until it's like, yeah. until it sort of explodes or like I just like swallow it again. Um, and I think like, I don't know really where that comes from. Um, but I think like having to, to like having an audience knowing that if I post something, if I make a post on my Finsta that is very moody, yeah. you know, that I'm looking for a very specific type of response. Right. Um, that I'm looking for like the exact wording of the exact comment that I want to receive from the exact person that I want to receive it from, you know, mm-hmm. like, or posting it for an audience just so that one person can see it. Yeah. Um, it's so unhealthy. And like when you were talking, it made me think about, I think it, means that we're all kind of non-confrontational people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, because I think people are terrified of confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, too. Like, I'm super scared of it. Right. Um, and it, because I feel like I'm so scared. So, like, if I confront someone that I, like, really deeply care about, about something, I'm scared that it's going to mean that I'm going to lose the relationship, that the friendship's going to go off the rails, mm-hmm. and that all those things. And I think there are people who have learned that lesson the hard way, but learned it, that, like, you just have to do it yeah. because it doesn't go away. Right, right. And if you confront it and, you know, you're with the right person and it's approached in a way where, like, you can hold people accountable but still feel really supported Mm -hmm. which is hard um a lot of the things that i've been thinking about like just in terms of like the desire for a romantic relationship like i think is more about like the desire for a certain type of friend and a certain type of like you know certain type of validation and and reciprocity you know Mm -hmm. like this like the idea that like i want somebody to like text me first and like be intellectually engaging and like be interested in how I'm doing, you know, like, so that's, the, and I feel like with a Finsta, like, it's easy to convince yourself that you're doing that, when all you're doing is putting it out for an audience that is going to respond however it's going to respond. Exactly. You know? And I, th- I think it's interesting, too, who, especially if people I'm pretty close to, I think it's interesting who they let see those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely about looking... Or knowing that people will give different responses. So putting it out into the universe in hopes that this one person will will see it. Um, yeah. I, I think that's interesting. And like the fear that like holds you back from just like asking that one person. Right. And with confrontation, I'm someone who I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to address the issue that's up front. Sure. But sometimes that's easier said than done. And I think... I, I neglect that concept because I'm always like, just rip it off like a band-aid. But I know when it's someone who's really close to me, or maybe it's someone who I've brought it up to before, but they've brushed it off, and I don't want to have to keep bringing that up. I feel like I'm pestering yeah. them. And that yeah. happened to me recently with yeah. my sister, mm-hmm. who um, we're, we, we were super close, yeah. like growing up even, really good friends. And someone who I would trust. Yeah. Um, but lately, our relationship has been very rocky, and she's been doing things that I don't... Doing things in regard of me. So, like, speaking on behalf of me to oh. people who, like, just shouldn't be spoken to about things. Sure. And I try to confront that, and she was like, you're overreacting. And huh. I try to keep bringing it up, 
And then she just didn't, like, get into that at all. Yeah. And so I was thinking about it for a really long time after that, but just mulling over it yeah. and not confronting her. And I don't want to pester her or anything, but it was very hard. And I think that's, yeah, like, the side of confrontation. That it's, like, you can say, I'm a confrontational person and confront someone, but the reality that they're not going to let you do that is something I never really thought about because I've never run into that before mm. until recently. Because normally I feel like it's me approaching the person, we talk about it, they're uncomfortable, and that's it. But this was a new experience. Yeah, I wonder if like that's where the fear comes from. I, I think definitely, yeah. That it's like the fear of like, oh my god, I'm going to lose this, mm-hmm. and therefore like lose a part of myself. Yeah. You know, like, I, that was something that happened with me freshman year, where I chose to, like, just abandon the situation, and then it, and then it dissolved, and then the person left my life, and then I was like, oh, now I actually have some things to confront with in myself, and it took a really long time, like, years, yeah. to, like, work through that, and what that meant. Um, but you're right, I think everything is, a lot of things, like, we make them so heavy, and, um, I've just been trying to work on stuff that, like, brings me joy, but it's hard. It is hard, especially with everything sidetracking and... Yeah. Just, you have to find out what does spark joy. I guess I've seen that, I've seen that meme lately, yeah. like, it didn't spark joy within me, so I let go of it. Yeah, um, I, I haven't done the, the full Marie Kondo method, but I started doing the, the folding clothes. <laughs> and I don't know if you've done this, it, like, has worked like a charm. It's so good. <laughs> I really need to. I really need no, to. It's so, so good. Um, <laughs> I think just the idea of like, and this is where I'm at in my life. I feel like I'm in a really good place and I feel really, really lucky to feel like every single person who I consider close in my life is like, and you know, closeness goes in and out, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like really like solid in a lot of that. And for a long time, I didn't feel solid mm-hmm. in it. I sort of felt like there was something that I wanted from everybody that like they weren't giving me because one, I wasn't telling them mm-hmm. and two, they, there wasn't any like expressed interest, at least in what I believed, Yeah, you know, like in developing closeness with someone like you sort of have to like, my vision of it has always been like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just going to find someone and then we're just going to click like that, Yeah. you know? And it's like, I don't know if that's realistic. And I just don't know if I haven't had that really happen mm-hmm. or if it's not real. Yeah, I think that's realistic. Not realistic. I think that's real to a certain extent, but there's also that point where you have to advocate for yourself, which I think a lot of people are intimidated by, especially yeah. like... Because you don't think yourself I, is... If you don't think yourself is valid, like... Right. And it's, it, it I hate the word be... valid. God. <laughs> no, like, I, no, the, my biggest pet peeve is people like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so awful. You're valid. That's valid. Like, I know. <laughs> um, but no, I think, especially advocating for yourself can be humiliating in a way. And mm. you feel like, should I want these things? Is this okay to want? Um, mm. So I, I think that's sort of why a lot of relationships as in like friendships and family and just all kinds of bonds can be stunted is because 
you're not being clear with your intentions or what you'd like to gain. Yeah. So I, it's hard to progress. There's this James Baldwin quote that I love that it's like, and I think, you know, it, he's applied it to like just political things, but I think just personally, I also think it's really brilliant, but it was like, um, uh, something like about sort of how, um, if you make a choice, you're committing to something. And when you commit to something, you're in danger. Um, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what it, you're putting yourself on the line. Yeah, you really are. Um, and I think it goes back to that thing that we were talking about with party culture. Like, I think we somehow believe that like we are the only one experiencing something right. and like that the other person is not feeling the same way, mm-hmm. especially sort of if it's a relationship that like you're coveted, like if it's something you really want to be close with or like you want like a relationship or something, you know, mm-hmm. like where you think like, Oh my God, like they must be just so ahead of the curve and like doing all these things. And I'm just here like feeling these dumb things. And I don't want to yeah. feel them unreciprocated, you know? Right. That, like, you also characterize the other person as, like, oh, they could never feel that way about me, you know? Yeah. Which is sort Which of... is, like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, dehumanizing almost. Yeah. Um, or just, like, I think... Makes the, it about you. Right. And the expectation that what you do... Sort of, like, back to, like, the Finsta thing. It's the expectation that what you do should be reciprocated or could never be reciprocated in the way that you'd like it to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like, when you're going through sort of that personal pain, it's hard to believe, like, oh, this is all going to be all right. Like, it's going to work itself out. Like, yeah. it's hard. Right. And, I mean, things... So, like, both of us say a lot, especially we say it on the podcast, too, like, things will work itself out, but that's can't be said without you putting in the work. And time. And yeah, you have so to suck. You have to give your time, and you, you know, like and like, the stuff that I've been working through freshman year, like that's still very much a part of my life. Still mm-hmm. something I'm very scared to confront. Right. I'm very scared to like, think about what that means. Yeah. You know. And that definitely works into your personality and yeah. the yes. way you carry yourself. That yeah. all it's 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 just it's just weight on your back. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know. It's sort of just progression. Yeah. You have to balance it, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So the, and that our thirty minute discussion is sort of how I feel whenever I go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why parties suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the funniest things are the truest things. It's like yeah. 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 I think like part of it is just like that you realize like life is short and if you don't take a chance you'll regret it then yeah that's true i feel like that applies to mo- that is very applicable to this situation actually yeah um yeah you need to experience something to gain the experience which yeah, is of redundant you, well but- of course you do because you can think about it you can make it whatever you want in your head and yeah. then it it's real and you'll never know unless yeah you, you take a leap. And so often it's not the same. I At least in my experience. Yeah. Like what you, your imagination is not what another human being does because it's what you want and what you think you need. Mm-hmm. And I believe that like closeness with other people, like it gives you things that, that you didn't know that yeah. you wanted or needed, you know? Yeah. Until you had that experience. Right. And... And I guess experiencing things for, not for the purpose of 
becoming closer to someone, but maybe experiencing things and then you realize to with someone and then you realize that that developed bond more. I guess what I think of when I say that is a few weeks ago the jazz me the jazz band I'm in, my school's jazz band went on yeah. to Duluth. Yeah. Um and me and my friend left the room after curfew to go hang out with other kids. Yeah. And like other jazz band kids or yeah, like other oh, kids. Um, we were still in the hotel. I was like, you have Duluth friends? We were, <laughs> we were like three rooms down from our room. Yeah. And I almost got suspended because of it. <gasps> um, I've never been suspended in my life. Um, but yeah, no, my, my band director was like, that's unprofessional. But with the confrontation thing, she would not, conf- we have not talked about it. But she called my parents. She told my parents. She didn't even tell me she called mm. my parents. Yeah. And she was being super indirect about it and passive aggressive. Um, but it's like doing that made me and my friend closer, but maybe diminished part of the relationship between myself and my band director, which was super strong and seems sort of like an act now. Mm. Um, would you be the one to like bring up a con- like, would you? So, feel comfortable like talking to her about right that. so that's what I was going to do and then one of the, the chaperones on the tour was like you don't have to be confrontational and rude about it to her she's going to speak to you about it but that never came so I guess I was expecting that um, and I guess I feel like me the student approaching this adult woman and having me having to address that situation is me being the bigger person where of course, I know I, I could and I should be, but I want her to come to me. And she's not, which I feel mm. like it's very unprofessional and immature of her. Sure. Um, well, so, especially if you develop a vendetta about it, then you're not going to talk to the person, you know? Right, like, and it's, it's already been so long, and she has acknowledged it. I feel like bringing it up now would maybe just, it just wouldn't benefit either of us yeah. in any way. Um, right. Yeah. And that's why parties suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like a trade-off, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you give something, you get something, you know, it's yeah. it's always a balance and that's that's hard. Yeah. Especially if it's an adult and it's someone that you have, you were really close with and something. Right. A little bit. Yeah. And I, I sort of felt betrayal in a sense. Like, of course, mm. yes, I broke the rules. Sure. But she did in other aspects too, but we won't talk about that. But, 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 I don't know. I think me breaking the rules and her not addressing it to my face was, yeah, yeah I felt a sense of betrayal. I felt hurt that mm. she would, like, go behind my back and be telling all of these people of authority, but not tell me that she was doing that. That was confusing. Um, yeah. Well, because then, like, what are the expectations? It, exactly. Yeah. What am I supposed to do in that situation? Yeah. I couldn't advocate for myself. Because it's her word against mine. Um, yeah. So I don't know, that's where, like, that sort of conflict between just, like, a, a typical person and, like, authoritative figures comes into play and just the advantage point that they have yeah. compared to right. what you have. Um, right. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Communication is key. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the lesson. That is the lesson. That's always a lesson. 
Yeah. Well, I hope that that if anything, you can take some time and feel empowered and and yeah. ask. Right. Um. Yeah. And I feel like we're both going through. Well, like I I can't speak for her, but for me, I'm trying to forgive her, sure. and I feel like we're both trying to forgive each other for this thing. And there's there's at some point there's a mutual understanding of like why I did it. Like it was backlash for a reason. Sure. And her realizing that what I did was backlash because of what she did. Do you feel like you've come to that or there, like you both come to that or like that's something that you'll get to? Yeah, that's something I'm working toward right now. And like over the past few weeks and probably... I'm sure that's been heavy on your mind. Yeah, right? it really has been. Yeah. Um, especially when it happened, I couldn't focus. Like I was so on edge and I felt terrible and I was very conflicted because I was choosing between feeling terrible and feeling like she got she deserved. <laughs> like I also just had a good time. Like yeah. me breaking curfew to go play video games with with some yeah. members of my band. Yeah. Like that's not the worst thing that could have happened. And if it you know, if you're meant to sort of reinstate that closeness, then like you you will and if not something else will come. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like that's often a mix up too. Just in situations or even like just conflicting within yourself is was I in the right or was I in the wrong? Yeah. Or and there's also a middle ground in that. Yeah. And for like so for me with this thing that happened freshman year, mm-hmm. I found solace in the idea of like I was guilty. Like right. it was my fault. Right. And I just was like and I deserve to feel really terrible about it right because i did something really awful and i knew what this person had gone through feeling abandoned a lot of times and i did it again to them you know mm-hmm. and and yes i was in the wrong but there were also factors that were harmful for me mm-hmm. yeah you know I, I think guilt is one of the most powerful emotions i think i think you're so right on yeah Emotions are crazy. Yeah. But I'm glad. I hope that some of you speaking, just putting it into space with another person, I hope that helped a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even if just to, like, tell yourself that story and then realize, oh, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Psychology is very interesting. It is. <laughs> it's so intricate. Yeah. It's so confusing, but it's, yeah. it's very interesting. Like, we care about each other. We right. care about people. And that's sort of the basis. Um, yeah, because if you didn't care, none of this would matter. Right. We'd be out of here in five minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is quenched or fired? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who is she? Yeah, I don't know. I feel, I don't know how you all feel as listeners. I'd be curious, but like every time we record, like I just feel my body like, like I'm just receiving a lot of energy from you uh-huh. and I love it. Yeah. But it's also just like a lot. Right. You it, know? Is, it is a lot. It's very... I guess just it works your brain a lot and like yeah. even from the start of the episode as opposed to now my heart rate yeah. has been like everywhere. Yeah. I don't know how you feel but like I feel like like very like soft and exhausted like in my yes yeah yes <sighs> yeah I don't know but I think shared experience is so powerful and that's why I love you and that's why I love doing this I love you too yeah and I love having a podcast as just a way for us to connect i know and i think it's a really cool way for i feel like a lot of time people spend time together it's it's very miscellaneous i guess and it's very maybe non-communicative yeah but this is this is a way for us to really 
connect and just speak. It's nice yeah. to sit down and speak. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't happen as much as it Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too sappy yet because I'm not leaving, but like I just. I don't know, I've been missed this a lot. I have too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to see you. I, I know. It's been I so never long. see Like, yeah, I never see you. Never. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just realizing in these last two months, like, there's no more excuse making. I just gotta do it. Yeah. You know? Like, this Wait, that's it's. Sad. Yeah. Because I so often, like, I'll make excuses for myself. Like, I have to rest. I have to do this for my body. And yes, that's important. Do yeah. that. But. Like, you, I don't know. I'm realizing, like, time is limited. Yeah. You know? And, like, if, you just have to be happy with, well, I don't know. You don't have to be. But I think you're working towards, like, feeling in a place where you feel like you can connect with people and you can, you know, have people listen and, and do all those things and it can be reciprocated and it's, like, it's like, I feel like in high school, like, <clears throat> yes, I've had four years to do it, but like, this is the time to say like, I love you and thank you and spend time, you know, mm-hmm. because this is what counts really. Right. And time is so precious at this point. Yeah. Two months, less than two months, seven weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we can cry later. But for now... We'll cry at the graduation party and smile. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, we've been planning for that. I'm actually so excited. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a place where, like, all the people that I love in my life are just going to be there. It's going to be great. That's a lot, though. It is going to be a lot, but I also... I've been thinking a lot about, like, putting up walls and wanting sort of companionship in the way of, like... I want somebody who can really just, like, crack me open, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, this, like, does that in, in a way. But I also just think, like, being in places where you are being celebrated is such a privilege and it's so important. Like, I wish that on everybody, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. I think we've reached the end of the episode. I think so, too. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. Well, bye, y'all. Love you. Um, please tell us your thoughts, feelings. I wish. I wish SoundCloud was interactive. I wish they could like comment stuff. Well, they can. They're just dumb and they're fake. Oh, gee, you guys are <laughs> fake. Okay. Well, so that's your assignment. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, have a blessed life. Yes. I hope you guys are productive, emotionally, physically. Mentally. Yes. Work. Spiritually. Spiritually. Yes. Everything. Wow. Financially get that bag. You know? (laughs) Um, One recommendation. Oh. Oh my god. Um, I know mine. I've been listening to old Robin music lately. Oh, it (laughs) slaps. Wait, Um, I know I have recommendations. I, um, there's a song called Indestructible that slaps. Also, if you are, um, pop music adjacent, Taylor Parks' new album is amazing. Um, what else? I don't know. Just, just that. Those are those. So those are my recommendations. I know. I've been listening. 
don't know. I guess, okay, here's my recommendation. Yeah. Um, we'll just generally read more. Just read more. But no. Yes. Um, That's a good recommendation. Read. <laughs> Always. Um, No KG Elephant's coming out with a new album. Oh. I, I was very late to the bandwagon of KG Elephant. Yeah. But I, 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 I reached that bandwagon last year. Mm. And I've, I've just been on it. They're coming out with a new album. That's I'm amazing. super psyched. Yeah. Um, also, Solange, listen to listen to Solange when I get home. Uh, best album so far of the year. So beautiful. Uh, yeah. Um, also, get some sunshine, like vitamin D supplements. Guys, it is getting Bro. so warm out. Yes, but not sunny yet. It's not sunny yet. Which is frustrating me. Yeah, well, like today I left the house in a rain jacket and it was super humid and I was like, I could almost take off my jacket right yeah. now. Yeah. It, it was nice. It was, yeah. Okay, well, we've been rambling for the last 10 minutes. Okay, all right. <laughs> if you haven't turned it off by now, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> Real ones. <sighs> um, okay. And see you next time. See you next time.